say Okay, ladies, now let's get information You know you that bitch when you cause all this conversation Always stay gracious, best revenge is your paper Okay, ladies, now let's get information Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to the Vagistine Podcast. It's Vanessa here. You know we're having courageous conversations about love, sex, and everything in between. And today is a questions episode. So I've been out on vacation for the last few weeks. And on the last episode, we talked about how Vagistine celebrated being one year. Uh, So I guess that was season one. So I guess welcome to season two. So season two, we're going to bring you some new segments. We're going to keep having conversations with Paris. I don't know why y'all want that because I was willing to make that change. But y'all keep telling me how you like that, so fine, I'll keep it. We're going to keep having guests on. We're going to be talking about all the topics that you want to keep talking about. I'm getting new things going. We're going to have some events um, in the second year. So look for look into all of that, you know, look out for all of that. But um, in the spirit of answering your questions, and some of y'all I'm late answering these questions, I apologize. Um, I was trying to save them for a questions episode, but I think I'm going to do a better job of integrating them more into each of the shows. So thank you so much for your patience. Um, And again, if you want to see something, you got a question, you have an opinion, whatever, I want to hear from you. So you can hit me up at Vagistine V. A-G-E-S-T-E-E-M at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Vagisteam. You can DM me on any of those platforms. I'm here. I want to hear from you. I know you're listening, so I want to hear who's out there. So let's get into it. So our first question comes from... Patty. I'm going to call you Patty. So the subject of this email is sex gives me anxiety. Hey, Vanessa, I'm 21, junior in college, and I'm still a virgin by my own decision. I first learned about sex while I was in middle school and started masturbating soon after in seventh grade with the knowledge that these guys my age already starting to explore sex, might I add, aren't worth these risks. I'll just do me, myself, and that's the basic model I've had since then. I feel like I'm a sex-positive person where I agree that people should allow themselves to feel pleasure and connection to each other in a safe and protected manner, but for me personally, the idea of vaginal and anal sex freaks me out, and it looks so strange seeing it typed out because I feel like it's such an uncommon school of thought. On the statistical side, I know how common it is for people to have STDs like herpes and how different STDs are symptomatic. I know from social circles that men don't take as much responsibility for their part in sexual encounters, i.e. don't wear condoms because it doesn't feel as good. Meanwhile, it can greatly reduce the chances of the spread of STDs in pregnancy. I know that women experience crazy side effects from the various birth control methods and some are accompanied by depression and anxiety. I know that my idea of sex is different as I see it from a spiritual emotional side where it can 
where it is a way to truly connect two people together. Whereas I have a friend who calls it an icebreaker, such as the casual one-liner conversation starter. I know that with each new partner, even with using all the protection possible, it's not guaranteed to be great or pleasurable. And if it is, I see that it can impact how people act inside relationships and act. For example, I wanted to meet with a friend to hang out with her, not knowing she was going through a dry spell until she showed up to that venue saying she couldn't stay because her dick appointment called and I was so shocked as (laughs) sorry I am not laughing at this this whoo she she said her dick appointment all right her dick appointment called and I was so shocked at how sex was such a big deal to her to ditch our plans like that Also, there are women who allow themselves to be disrespected in their relationships because finding a partner who pleases them so well is scarcer than finding a good partner in general, and they put more importance on the sex because it is so amazing, and they have to struggle, and they struggle to let go of their dysfunctional relationship when they should be dissolved. I know sex is pleasurable and a time to bond, but I see more potential for situations to go wrong or have non-beneficial lasting outcomes to just feel pleasure. I know pleasure. I've made myself come plenty of times since I was 12 and have recently learned how to use squeezing techniques to squirt. I might call you on to teach us how to do that on the show. Keep that in mind. (laughs) I'm not insecure about my body and how it may be perceived. I think I look amazing and so do onlookers as well. And as far as connecting to others, I connect by quality time, touch communication with openness and vulnerability that allows for such connections to develop outside the bedroom. And I'm even down for amazing oral sex, but I'm terrified of being penetrated by a real penis um, and not for fear of pain. I've worked on getting around that problem with my dildo, but because I know how impacting sex can be, as well as the mental, physical and emotional side effects of, sorry, and the emotional effects of sharing your body with those who don't truly, truly deserve it or respect it. And it takes time to unveil people's intentions for you more often than not. It's more time than it takes to go to bed with someone. Have you ever heard of this before? Is it strange to think this way? I enjoy men. I love men, but I don't desire to be penetrated by them. And this thinking hasn't impacted my life by much, but I feel like I experience fewer budding relationships with men because I'm not having casual sex at all. And I don't have vaginal or anal sex within any relationship. I'm sorry this was long, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, Patty, thank you so much, so much for this question. Um, All right. So you said a lot. So my initial thought is... It's fine. It is not strange to think this way. I think you're thinking about literally every single thing that's out there. And a lot of folks don't think about sex in this way at all. Um, And so I commend you for at least thinking through everything. I commend you through um, analyzing all these things. And I commend you for defining how you would like to view sex. And so here's a couple things. I don't think it's strange. However, you're right. Even if people are using condoms, even if people are asking questions, there is a potential. Once we're talking about having sex, there's always, always, always a risk of getting pregnant or getting an STD. And I think it's I think it's right for you to think about those things because the only 100% way of not getting pregnant and not getting an STD is abstinence. And for all folks out there, 
I define abstinence as not having any anal, oral, or vaginal sex. So a lot of people don't think oral sex is sex. It's sex as long as you're transmitting any type of fluids. And when we're talking about fluids that spread STDs, I'm talking about breast milk, semen, vaginal fluids, and blood um, that can potentially be exchanged. And like Patty was saying in this um in this email, there are um, things like herpes. Um, there are things like HPV that can be spread by skin, skin to skin touch, not high five, but genitals rubbing. And if someone has a sore on their genitals um, from HPV or herpes, just by um, rubbing against that sore, a person can potentially get an STD that way as well. So we need to think about all those things. And I could definitely tell that you are thinking about these things. So to wrap it up, I think that you have definitely taken the time to define how you would want sex. I know you said that you know it's pleasurable, it's a time to bond, etc. And I think you understand the great aspects of it. But I think also there's nothing wrong with defining it for yourself. So some questions I would ask are, all right, how do you really want to do this? Do you want to do it within a relationship? And it sounds like you do. Um, it sounds like you're not down for casual for casual sex, and that's perfectly fine. There are people out there that are not down for casual sex, and that's okay. That's a boundary that you have defined for yourself, and there is nothing wrong with boundaries. And if you can't find someone to respect those boundaries, then fine. That is not the person for you. Um, do you want to wait until you're married? Do you want to wait until you're in a committed relationship? Do you want to wait... Um, a couple years into a relationship, a year, a six months into a relationship before you decide to have sex. These are all questions to ask yourself on top of all of these things, which I know you're constantly processing, but don't feel pressured to do anything that you're not prepared for. Because I think as you know, if you feel pressured or you're not comfortable, the sex is not going to be enjoyable. It's not going to be pleasurable because you're just going to keep having disease, pregnancy, disease, pregnancy on your mind. And that's not going to help at all. So if you meet someone and you know, you feel like it's going there, you're feeling those feelings and you feel ready the number one thing is being ready. You, your brain has to be in it. Your heart has to be into it. And especially you're a person that really needs that, that full, it feels like, I think, if I'm reading this correctly, like you need that full commitment to be there, not just this casual thing. You want a connection. And, and I think that's great. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I think if it ever gets to that point with someone that you care about with, um, I think getting tested together is something that is that is important um you've had you've had oral sex and i don't know if that's been protected or unprotected but still going along with you as well getting tested and fyi sexually active people should be getting tested with every new partner or every year at least, and your doctor is not automatically um, testing for any for any STDs without your knowledge or consent. So you need to ask for those tests to be done and ask them to test for everything that they can. All right. Um, ask that person to go get tested with you together. Share your results together. And when you get to that place with a person actually talk about what it is that you're feeling. So there's nothing wrong. And like you said, being 
being in an intimate relationship with somebody requires vulnerability, even if it is casual. Vulnerability with your body, vulnerability with talking especially. And so um, if you get to that point where you feel comfortable, tell them like, hey, I'm feeling these ways. I, you know, I really want to be with you. I really like what we're doing. However, these are, these are my concerns. And try and find a way to work around it that works best for both of you. Um, now, the last part of this is if you are like, man, that's just not my thing. Like having something in me, having a penis in me ain't my thing. It's cool. It's fine. And all of us, and if you've learned anything from listening to this show, all of us have different spectrums of where we're at. Some folks are like, yo, I'm cool with receiving, but I'm not cool with giving. Some people are fine with certain acts. Some people are cool with certain things. And again, you're going to have to define that for yourself. And again, I don't want you to feel pressured and it's commendable that you are defining all these things for yourself and you are taking control and command of your pleasure. And there's nothing wrong with that in the ways that you're doing it. So keep on. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending me this question. And if you have like follow up from what I'm saying, feel free to write me back. And I promise I will answer in a reasonable amount of time. But yeah, feel free to follow up. And let's have a let's continue having the conversation about it. Because I think it is super duper duper important. And you're really on the right track with thinking through literally everything. But don't let fear um, get in your way. Because there's ways like you're saying that can get around um some of these things and that first thing is conversation all right thanks for writing in patty and i can't wait to hear how it goes so our next question comes from queenie queenie says hey vanessa i often have a problem where sex ends up being painful for me and then sometimes the guy because i don't think my body creates much natural lubricant and i think i'm quite tight I was wondering if there was any natural lubes you could suggest I use with condoms or are there any stretches I can do to loosen myself up a bit? Thanks for the help. Keep up the fabulous work. Best wishes, Queenie. Queenie, thank you so much for reaching out to me. I really appreciate this question and I appreciate you. So first things first, um, you have some really, really, really great things in here. And I'm going to DM you back um, with some suggestions because ain't nobody come me a check to um, be putting their lube on the air. But (laughs) but I will give you some suggestions and I'll tell you what to avoid. So the things about lube is that, yes, I think folks feel like, oh, only certain people need that or only for certain acts, but there's nothing wrong with lube and everybody needs lube. So I'm so glad that you're thinking through this. Um, so as far as natural items go, some people actually use coconut oil and I've used it. I like it. It's pretty cool. The things about coconut oil, um, it's really, really, really slippery. It heats up really well. Um, the only and the and it it can also be seen as an antibacterial so that's pretty cool so coconut oil is a pretty good suggestion when it comes to some things to keep in mind um 
um, to avoid when picking out a lube. You want to avoid uh, fragrance or flavor. So some folks are super duper duper sensitive to the fragrance chemicals that they have in lube and can cause irritation and cause some infections. So you might want to stay away from those. Um, when it comes to flavor, some uh, flavor lubricants are great for oral sex. However, um, they tend to have some glycerin in it, which might have some sugar in it. And um, this can irritate places and lead to some yeast infections. So think about that. Um, some folks want to avoid parabens. Um, so parabens are chemicals that help um, to help preserve the lube. Some studies have shown that they might be linked to certain cancers. Um, they're, they're banned in several countries, but not the U.S., so um, that's something to think about as far as chemicals go, um, and especially since they're in, like, inside of you and really close to other parts, you might just want to, like, look at the ingredients and avoid those. Um, the other thing, like I said, glycerin. Glycerin might have some sugar in it, and that can lead to some yeast and urinary tract infections. So stay away from the glycerin. Um, as far as you doing the stretches, though, um, I think there's a couple things to keep in mind. So Yes, I'm with you. It could potentially be the it could potentially be the lack of lubrication, but I would also think about where that's coming from. So oftentimes, you know, if folks aren't drinking enough water, they may not be producing enough lubrication. Also, it could be that are you relaxed? You know, are you relaxed enough in, 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 in your sexual situations? Are you taking the time that you need to fully get aroused and to really get in the moment, to really get your head in the game? Ha, get it? Um, <laughs> to really get your head in the game, to just relax and let your muscles relax. Let the lubrication build up on its own as well. Um, but also it could be your muscles that are bearing down and causing you to be tighter down there. Um, and so then there's also, um, something clinical that folks with vaginas have experienced. Um, there is clinical, um, painful intercourse. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the medical term, but basically it is when a person experiences pain during insertion of a penis or object into the vagina, um, or it could be pain afterwards. And so it could be that, uh, persistent or recurrent, um, genital pain that occurs during and after. There is also vulvodynia, where about 9% of women have this. And basically, it's described as discomfort during penetration or when a person's even inserting a tampon. For some women, there might be like really strong pangs of pain that are spontaneous, and they could be unrelated to sex or touching the area in any way. So if this sounds like you, it may not be you. It could be, like you're saying, it could be a lubricant issue. But if it is painful, intercourse sex is not supposed to hurt um, and if it starts to hurt you need to stop because you're right it could be that lack of lube it could be you know you're not relaxed it could be a, a series of things and so if it is painful intercourse or you feel like it's how I'm describing um, the vulvodynia um, that's going on or dynia that's going on you have to talk to your doctor 
please, please, please talk to your doctor. And some treatments that um, a doctor might recommend could be, again, uh, using lubricant, changing positions, um, getting relaxed before and before and during sex, taking your time uh, during sex. It could be hormones because for some um, people with vaginas, it could be low estrogen levels that might be impacting them. And there's also something called desensitization um, therapy, where basically um, a person will get taught uh, different vaginal relaxation exercises to release pain um, and also different Kegel exercises. Some doctors might give some dilators in order to uh, straight, well, dilators, but also uh, they look like um, dildos, but they increase in size in order to help um, stretch the vagina a little bit, stretch the the walls of the vagina. Because again, remember y'all, the vagina is a muscle. Um, And if it's anything deep-seated, these things, the painful intercourse, all the vulva, dynia, dynia, sorry for if I'm pronouncing it uh, incorrectly, could be because of the stuff that's going on in our minds. So if there are certain things as far as mental health goes or counseling that we need or past trauma, that can definitely impact our sex lives as well. So we got to get all that stuff checked out before we can move forward, y'all, and get the pleasure that we deserve. And lastly, I wanted to go back to the relaxation and really, really, really being in the moment. And for folks with vaginas, it may take us a longer time in order to get warmed up, to get in the moment, to stop thinking about the laundry on the floor. So the number one thing is we have to clear our minds. You deserve pleasure. You deserve to get whatever good stuff is coming your way. So put yourself in the mindset. But just to put some numbers to it, in the U.S., from beginning to end of sex, like we're kissing, clothes are off, doing whatever, doing the do. On average, in the United States, it takes 12 minutes. All right? So 12 minutes. And there's a number um, floating around um, that it actually takes people with vaginas actually 45 minutes to get fully aroused and gorged. And that means... 45 minutes for all the blood to start flowing to the clitoris, to the vulva, to all the parts, to feel, you know, those nipples hardening, to feel all of that. So imagine what's happening here. It might take a person with a vagina 45 minutes to get there. But meanwhile, people are getting beginning to end sex in 12 minutes. There's no balance there. Think about that. So take your time. And that's not to say everybody, it takes everybody 45 minutes. Some people could get there quicker. Some people may take longer to get there. Some people might be right smack dab in the middle. But think about all of those things as well. And I don't want to discount, again, making sure that our minds are right. And if we need therapy, if we need to, um, to release some things, if we have some trauma, if we have anything, even if it's not sexual trauma, make sure you get that checked out as well, because we all, we all deserve everything, all the pleasure, um, to come our way without having, um, 
without having anything hanging over our heads. So Queenie, thank you so much for that question. That question is so important. And oftentimes people with vaginas do not speak up if they're experiencing pain during sex. And it's so important that you ask that question because sex is not supposed to hurt. And oftentimes we feel like, oh, if, if you know, our partner, he's really big or they have a real big penis or whatever, we're supposed to take it. Nah, it's not supposed to hurt. You just, we're talking about pleasure. All right, if you like a little pain, that's all you. But <laughs> overall, it's supposed to feel good. So if we're feeling it being painful, we really need to assess what's going on. Like you're saying, as far as lubrication, drink that water, and also relax. You got to relax those muscles. Relax, relax, relax. Also, oil-based lube cannot be used with condoms. Only silicone-based lube or water-based lube can be used with condoms. Thanks, Queenie, again, and let me know if any of that was helpful for you. Thanks so much for writing in. All right, so our next question comes from Kay. Uh, and Kay says, hey there, I have what may seem like an odd question for you. Uh, my husband and I were listening to Kanye West's Beautiful Morning, and we heard these lyrics. You know what? Actually, I'm just going to sing them out. Now, if I fuck this model and she just bleached her asshole and I get bleach on my T-shirt, I'm going to feel like an asshole. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kay as is bleaching the anus a thing. So, <laughs> so Kay, thanks so much for this question. Um, I really like I, I really like the beat of that song I can say and I appreciate you pulling out that uh that line so one never an odd question I'm here to answer all questions and two long story sh short yes it's actually a thing so a lot of so there are products out there for folks to bleach their anus and their labia as well. Um, I don't think it's like an everyday person thing. Like I don't, I don't think you're, we're going to be like standing around the cooler at work, and I'll be like, "Hey, like, what bleach do you use for your asshole?" I use blah blah blah. I I I don't think it's like an everyday thing, but a lot of um, porn actor actors and actresses use it as an aesthetic thing meaning that it's there's no medical necessity for it it's just literally for the look of it so as folks started engaging more in anal sex as folks started you know being in porn more folks started saying oh man the my asshole and the rest of, you know, my labia may look super dark compared to the rest of my skin. Let me lighten this. And again, a lot of these products are not regulated. The chemicals that are used for whitening products are not that awesome for you. So I wouldn't recommend it. It is not medically necessary at all. Uh, but hey, assholes are supposed to be darker. Remember, y'all, there's nothing wrong with dark assholes and dark labia. So Kelly, I really appreciate that question. I appreciate you and your husband listening to them lyrics out here, really analyzing media. So I appreciate you. And again, there's no odd question. I appreciate you sending that in. All right. And the last question comes from Shay. Um, and Shay says, can you help me? So when I have sex, I get an infection happens in my 30s. Uh, when I have sex, 
the next two days I'll start getting yeasty. I'll have a a mild odor, not itchy, but my period comes on like that week or other times just discharge. I've been tested and everything was negative. I don't know what to do. I use a condom an entire time. (laughs) My pH is still fucked. Uh, I have to salt bath, soak, tea tree oil, right? before sex and after I can even I can't even travel without my stuff so Shay thanks so much for that question and I think a lot a lot and a lot a lot of people have this question so I think there's a few things going on here um so when it comes to pH balance and just to give a primer to everybody the the pH balance basically if you remember chemistry class, uh, it basically determines how acidic or basic something is. So in the vagina, there is a pH balance and the vagina is more acidic. So a healthy vagina is balanced, meaning that it's not too acidic, but not base either or basic either. So we want it to be an acidic environment of about 3.5 3.5 to 4 to 4.5. And so some things to consider here is that when folks have a ecosystem, and I'm calling the vagina a delicate ecosystem because it is, because things have to be, there has to be checks and balances. And once one thing starts overgrowing, it's going to cause everything to go out of whack, which is what we're seeing here with the yeast infections. There might be some bacterial vaginosis. There could be that itching, that discharge, that cotton, cottage cheese discharge, that watery, cloudy discharge that might be coming out. And so we just need to be mindful of it all. Um, so this could be for a variety of reasons uh, why this could be happening. It could be that the, that your vagina is really, 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 really sensitive. And for some people, just the mere act of having sex throws everything off. The mere act of having semen, which is basic, come, come in contact with them can start those symptoms up right away. And so, I mean, what you're doing, if that's your case, what you're doing works best for you, then I say keep it up. Uh, but there are some natural things that you can do. And these natural things can include, like you're saying, the tea tree oil. The tea tree oil is an antifungal, which is great. However, if anyone wants to use this, they definitely need to make sure that they dilute the tea tree oil because tea tree oil can actually burn and sting and we don't want that to happen. So making sure that we're using equal parts water and we're not just straight up putting it in or on the vagina. Uh, Probiotics are really great. So probiotics are great bacteria. They're the good bacteria and introducing them can actually rebalance uh, what's going on inside of the vagina. There are probiotic suppositories. Yogurt has a ton of probiotics as well. So it is recommended that you eat yogurt, incorporate yogurt into your diet a little bit more. You know what? They got some bomb Indian dishes that use uh, yogurt. So (laughs) make those. Some folks are believers of actually inserting um, certain products. So with yogurt, some folks um, might uh, put it on a pad and then they might wear it around for maybe like half an hour. And and for some folks, it works great. I know folks who have used garlic. So incorporating garlic into your diet can help as well. But I, I know folks, like folks that are my friends, that have said that using, that taking a garlic clove, um, 
peeling it and putting it in their underwear has actually helped um, with decreasing yeast infections, actually. The only thing to think about with, with garlic is that it's garlic. I love me some garlic, but it's garlic, y'all. It's, it's, it's strong. So keep that in mind when it comes to the garlic. Um, also, unlike all of these things that we've that we're talking about, sexual health is is our lifestyle as well, right? So we gotta take care of ourselves. We gotta be healthy. And so sometimes eating a lot of carbs can actually impact um, these occurrences as well. So cutting out sugar um, can definitely help. Um, studies have shown that cutting out cutting down some sugar can definitely help with this. Um, and being mindful of just the antibiotics that we use as well. So when if we're people that get sick a lot, um, your doctor might prescribe you some antibiotics. And for some people, as soon as they use antibiotics, they notice that there's an increase in yeast infections. And this is because antibiotics are clearing out, um, they're doing their job. They're clearing out um, bacteria, they're killing them. However, they are killing the good bacteria as well. So that can just throw the body for a loop. And for some people, it takes a while to get that balance back. With anything that I'm saying here, um, feel free to seek further help. Um, I offered some natural remedies, some remedies that I have heard folks use and that I know um, some folks use. However, um, talk to your doctor, go to your doctor. And if it's reoccurring and you know what? I'm so glad you're you're getting tested and that you're you're checking things out because it's a vagistine principle to know what's going on with your body naturally in everyday form. And so if anything happens or anything's off that you're able to recognize it and it looks like you've recognized a lot of these changes. So I commend you for that. So keep up the great work, but definitely ask your doctor, um, see if any of these lifestyle changes that I'm, I'm talking about, any of these dietary changes may help as well. And definitely let me know if this is helpful. So thanks so much for reaching out. All right, y'all. So we are at the end of this show. We did a questions episode. I am so thankful to everyone that reaches out. I'm so thankful for your DMs. I'm so thankful for everything that you all send me. And it makes me feel great. But I, most of all, I hope that you're gaining something out of these answers. And if you have a question, again, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Feel free to send me a private message. We can keep it anonymous. If you're like, I need you to change my name, which I think I did for every person here, I can do that. Um, but I definitely, definitely, definitely appreciate you entrusting me with all of this information and educating all of us. And it helps me. So that's the show. Get in touch with me. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And I need you. I need you to do, besides the most important thing, which is listening. Um, I need you to contribute to the podcast. You can contribute in a whole bunch of ways. So one way, tell a friend. Tell a friend to subscribe and download the podcast. I want you to rate it. That's another way you can contribute to the podcast. I want to see what if you think this is a bang up podcast i want you to rate it on itunes you could also um, leave a review on soundcloud as well you can leave a donation on the vagisteam.com website 
PayPal me. You like independent media. I have to maintain website fees and get events going, etc. I got to get some studio space going. So that all costs money. So send me some coins. I don't care how many coins. Whatever you got, I'll take it. We also have a Patreon page where you could become a patron of this podcast. So you could give as little as $1 a month. And guess what? It goes very, 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 very far. And I appreciate it a lot. But again, the most important things, rate, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend all those things too. Send love, send some emails. You can even leave a voicemail or text me at 443-692-7802. You can leave whatever you want on there. Leave your question. Uh, Leave what you thought about how I answered the question. Add whatever suggestions you have to the questions. You may have some personal experience with those questions. So let us know. I think we did a show, y'all. I'll see y'all next week. Bye. Always stay gracious, best revenge is your paper. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you that bitch when you call all this conversation. Always stay gracious, best revenge is your paper. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. I slay.